The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. So this week we're going to be talking about best practices. So something kind of like tips and tricks, kind of like these are things that will help you in the long run. Stuff that you should... I wouldn't say watch out for or that you necessarily need, but once you start getting into the habit of doing them, they become a lot easier. Like further down the line, you just go, oh, I know how to do that because I've been doing this the entire time. And I will say somebody on Instagram actually suggested this to us. Yes, yes. Who are we thanking for our topic today? We are we are thanking our Lord and Savior. <laughs> Cthulhu? Cth- well... <laughs> that's gonna sound weird when the auto editing it is Uh, on instagram oh okay dasani stark d-s-o-n-i stark dasani stark yeah yeah is that am i saying that correctly dasani stark i think it's dasani stark d-s we're gonna say it a thousand times and eventually it'll sound normal disney stark Anyway, they responded to Dante's question on his Instagram and yeah. have uh, provided us with this with this topic for today. So thank you for for the topic suggestion. If you do want to give us suggestions or just me in general, Twitter, Instagram, easily the best place to reach me. Yeah, for me, it's Instagram is usually the best place. Yeah, the gram is definitely <laughs> the grams. My, Email works too, but hit my OnlyFans. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So when Dante and I were prepping for this episode, we kind of realized that we both took this topic. In different. In different directions. Yeah. So mine are kind of more about developing a creative practice and things that, at least for me, help me with my creativity. And they're things that, for me, are kind of like background habits or background projects that help me in specific situations. So, but yours are more like... Mine are more practical. Mine, well, practical in the sense that like you should be practicing them because they will help you later on. Not that Lindsay's won't. But mine are a lot more physical. Mine are like, make sure your slot bucket or your reclaim bucket is close to you so you don't have to get up when you keep throwing. Learn how to work cleaner. Throw without a a splash pan once in a while. Like stuff like that that will hone your skills as far as physically as a ceramic artist. Okay. Well, you you do some of yours first because I agree with a lot of a lot of yours that I just didn't think about. Okay. Okay. So one of the one of the things that has been the most useful for me has been having a place where I collect my inspiration. Mm. So I have been using Pinterest since like 2011 or something like that. And Mm. I, I don't really use it for my own personal marketing, but I use it to create kind of a background of inspiration and then also references. Yeah. So I have a Pinterest board for textures. I have a Pinterest board for color combinations that I like. And the board is like the grouping. Yeah, the board is a grouping. It's like like an album, essentially, like a photo album. I have a board for body language. So if I see, you know, a particular pose that I really like that I want to use in my sculpture later on, I use it for that. And the reason that I recommend doing this is whenever I start a new project, Mm -hmm. I like being able to go directly to a Pinterest board for inspiration that I already know that I like. Because if I'm just starting out and be like, okay, blank slate, I want to do a project, then it's kind of like the terrifying nature of like a blank canvas. It's like, where do I start, You know, right? I, I had this issue, uh, I want to say about a month ago when I was yeah. trying to do a store update. Oh. I, in fact, contacted my editor and I was like, what are the combinations I like to use? <laughs> and she was like, what? Oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, can you help me? I don't, I need to glaze everything tonight. And I forgot the combos I used. Oh my God, oh 
have my gun. Ooh woo. <laughs> <laughs> and she she definitely helped me jog my brain a little bit, but I then learned like I Lindsay's right. I do really need some place to catalog the combinations that I use or would like to use. Yeah. Like I need a place to catalog past inspiration. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even if you're scrolling on Instagram, I, I push the save button on it and I'll scroll down my Instagram. Yeah. And yeah. go like, oh, okay, I save that because I liked it. I thought there was potential in it. It's just like your own little personal notebook. Yeah. It's that delayed gratification. Like if you start doing it, even if you, because you might be thinking, oh, well, I'm not planning on starting a new project for a while. Yeah. I don't need to do this. But the idea is that you do it in little bits yeah. consistently. And then before you know it, you've got an amazing catalog of stuff that when you go to look at these photos, you're like, oh my God, I'm so inspired. Oh yeah. Like like this color combination or this, you know, and the other thing too, is that it doesn't necessarily have to be just glazes. Mm-hmm. So like in my color collection on my Pinterest, most of the time it's, it's just 2d paintings, but it's the really? way, yes, but it's the way that those colors look in the 2d painting that I like. And I think, Oh, maybe I can find a way to use this, a similar color combination, but in a glaze. Yeah. So inspiration can come from many different, from sources. many different sources. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. to be ceramic in general. Yeah. Do you want to share one of yours? Yeah, well, this might be just a little bit of a, like, this will help you in the long run. Just work a little bit cleaner. And there's a bunch of things you can do in order to kind of help you with that. Number one, you should have multiple sponges. <laughs> and I, sponges. Yeah, and I don't really mean to say that you should have, like, throwing sponges. You know, those big brick yellow ones. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will grab one and just use it for cleanup after they're done. If you just have it next to your wheel, in between your water bucket and the wheel that's spinning itself, or even inside of the splash pan, it saves you, like, 80% of your cleanup. Up. Because as the wheel spins, it runs into that sponge, and all the gook and all the all the water and all the slip absorbs into the sponge. Mm-hmm. You wring it out later on; it's really easy. Well, you also have a wheel that necessitates that, because yeah. I have a Thomas Stewart wheel. Yeah, that's one of the wheels you can't do. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't because because my the whole splash pan is the kind of the wheel itself. It's, it's so a the, trench. It's a trench. Yeah. yeah. So I can't remove the splash pan. So it depends on what kind of wheel you have. But it, I I hear what you're saying in terms of keeping it cleaner. I'm curious, like, why is it important to have a clean workspace? That's what I mean. It's it's not exactly that like these tips are things that you need to do. Yeah. They're more tips that like they kind of hone the edge of your skills. You know what I mean? There's something that are, that are appreciated that save you time. They save you energy. Like just the amount of time you spend cleaning up after yourself, if you do, which you should, I think. Yeah. Um, it's just cut in half, if not more, by just doing very little simple things. For example, some people will get their sponge and just like douse their whole clay body with water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Right before they throw and it creates so much slip and so much water and it everywhere. Really, just dunk one hand and put that hand on the ball. And that's really all you need. That's really all you need. But that also is a a concept of working clean. You really don't need as much water as you think. And to boot, you could use less and less water every time if you overuse water, as most people do, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before you find that right range of going like, okay, this is how much water is necessary. Yeah. And using that amount of water will just keep your area cleaner in general. And you can also kind of see how much water you've been using by how much is left over in the splash pan. The couple of times where I've used a lot more water than I need to because I've been working on, like, what is it, a few weeks ago, I tried to, or I guess a few months ago now, I tried to work on a, uh, like, a five-pound big old, like, planter, and I hadn't thrown, no, actually, it was, I think it was, like, ten pounds of clay. Anyway, it was a lot more clay than I normally work with, and right. so I was using a lot more water, but I think I was kind of using it 
unnecessarily. Yeah. And I could see in the splash pan, it's like, oh, there's a shit ton of water left down in there. Yeah. Clearly I have been using probably more. So if you're like not sure how much water you should be using, if there's a bunch left over on the splash pan afterwards, you can kind of be like, okay, maybe I can use a little less yeah. next time. And it's not, it's not just like the cleanliness thing. It's more that the more water you put on your clay body, the more saturated it gets and the more of a chance it'll flop down as you're working with it. Mm -hmm. Just clay can absorb water. It doesn't just like slough off. You know what I mean? And because of that, like, if you work with a piece for 20 minutes straight and you just keep putting water on it, it, <laughs> it has a much higher chance of failing. It's going to get flappy. Yeah, it's just working clean just has so many benefits to it, but you don't really realize them until you just try. <laughs> <laughs> so this has to do a little bit with the idea that you were talking about earlier with, like, taking down your glaze combinations that you use. Yeah. So <laughs> on I feel so bad because I tell everybody to, No, like, no. You know, I actually know. I really appreciate that you shared that because I think those are the kind of things where people assume like, oh, yeah, potters or, or ceramic artists at like a professional level have all this shit down. It's like, no, no we that's don't. not true. We well, really don't. And and on, on a similar note, like the thing that I was just going to share is that is the importance of taking down your measurements because yeah, I, I still I find, still don't do that. I, I sometimes do. And I when when I do. I'm always like, wow, this is really helpful. Yeah. Past Lindsay, why didn't you do this more? Yeah. So part of the reason it's helpful is that I feel like a lot of folks who are starting out in ceramics will often ask like, oh, how do you get your shapes so consistent? Yeah. And the biggest thing is using the same amount of clay and then throwing it to the same dimensions. And the only way to ensure yeah. that that's happening is to write down what those dimensions and what that weight is. You know, I get that question a, a lot, like a lot. Yeah. And I don't. I don't understand the I don't understand the thing behind it other than consistency. I guess people ask like, well, how much clay do you use? And I'm like, I don't. It's three pounds, but my three pounds is different from your three pounds. Cause like three pounds for a beginner can easily be what five inches tall of a cylinder. Yeah. Three pounds for me can sometimes be like eleven inches tall. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And so what usually happens is people ask how much clay did you use? I tell them, and they come back a couple weeks later like, did you use more clay than you told me? And I'm like, no. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. The yeah. The thickness yeah. and the skill level of the potter really determines how tall it can be. Sometimes I'll use more clay than I need and trim it down later and make a very light product. Yeah. It helps, but I just want to get it out of people's mind that it's not the one determining factor for thickness and size. Yes. And it's, it's more, when I say to take these notes down, it's more for yourself. It's yes. not necessarily oh, yes. to compare with what other ceramic artists might be doing. Yeah. But it's more to like, again, keep it, keep that record for yourself. And one of the other benefits of that is like not only to, for repeating the same shape, but mm. also for giving you a sense of how much clay you might need for a slightly different shape. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. And an example of that would be like when I made the coffee mugs for inside coffee roasters, I wrote down how much clay I used for the 12 ounce capacity yes. coffee mug. Later, I was like, okay, that amount of clay held... 12 ounces of liquid. I need to make something that holds 16 ounces of liquid. Yes. About how much more clay do I need to have that increased capacity? And because yeah. I had written down how much clay I used for the 12 ounces, I was better able to estimate how much clay I needed for the 16 ounces. Yes. I, I will also say it differs on shape too. So you oh, make yeah, a lot absolutely. of cylinders. Mm -hmm. I, I like to make like rounder bellied out things. Yeah. So I have to add more clay because I'm stretching the clay body to like a, a larger, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And if I don't add more clay for that same size, it ends up that that belly is just super thin and very easy to break. Well, very easy, but you know. E easier. Easier in general. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. 
The difference in between a cylinder that's three pounds and a big bellied out mug that's three pounds is really the thinness of the clay because I took up more space. Yeah. And last kind of note on that as well, since you're talking about the difference between cylinder shapes and round shapes. Yeah. If I'm making a round shape, particularly because I have less practice with that, I will write down the internal diameter of the lip of the mug, the external diameter of the widest part of You're the cracks. round section. You're insane. The, what is it? The external diameter of the foot ring. The circumference but, pie. Exactly. <laughs> I know it sounds kind of fastidious, but it's helped so the much. The word fastidious sounds yeah. fastidious. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> no, it's like, it's super, I mean, again, I guess. You can't just make up words. Lindsay. It's not a it's from Pride and Prejudice. That's where I learned it. I love it. But it means like particular or fussy. And oh, okay, so it okay. may sound fussy to like take down all these measurements, but I have found that it helps me a lot. And again, if you get into the practice of doing it now, especially if you're just starting, you will have those records for reference later. And again, not to compare to other ceramic artists yeah, or anything like that. It's just for you, really. It's just for you. Yeah. But it, that's, that's really important. Okay, so, so one of mine is that I, this sounds really dumb, okay? Mm -hmm. I need y'all potters to start putting your tools in a very specific place. <gasps> oh, yes. This one is very important. Yes, tell uh, me. Especially your pin tool. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have a sponge. Well, I have my clean sponge, the one that I use to clean up and whatnot. My secondary sponge that I put off to the upper right-hand side, because I'm usually right-handed when I'm throwing, has my, my throwing sponge, has my ruler, has my pin tool, mm -hmm. and also has my uh, potter's knife on it. All of my tools are there. They're not floating around in my bucket. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're not in the slip swamp. Yeah, you know the, what slip, I mean? the slip swamp, I love it. They're not, they're, they're in a very safe place. This helps with two things. Number one, you just get to know your area. You really have that muscle memory. Number two, it helps you not lose your tools because <laughs> I swear in a hundred years, archaeologists are going to think that we worship pin tools <laughs> because they are like, oh man, this potter, for some reason, all the potters across the world have like 50 pin tools hidden in there. We don't understand. <laughs> they must have worshiped these things. Put your oh. pin tool and stab it directly into that big sponge you have. Yeah. With all your tools are on it. Yeah. And number three, you won't hurt yourself because your pin tool is exactly where it needs to be. And mm -hmm. your hand's not jostling around and it doesn't stab you straight in the cuticle. Oh, God. Yeah, I've had that happen. That happens to all of us. Yeah. And that's like... There's How many times have you been stabbed on your pin tool? At least six <laughs> on my left hand. Yeah. And then I have like, you know, a little prick on your hand. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need you guys to start doing, for, for lack of better term like me like everything in its place yeah Put were it, you about to say me some plus i was oh mr fastidious i was gonna say it i was gonna say it because i'm a chef and then i was like i can't make fun of Lindsay for saying fastidious <laughs> and you said throwing some french some up in here <laughs> I, oh my god I'm not, so i stopped myself at mise and i was like mm. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> oh my god, you're blushing! I have blood in my human body. I blush sometimes. <laughs> that was fantastic. I immediately felt fantastic. bad and I was like, put, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, everything, everything in its place, that definitely yeah. helps with consistency. And if you share a studio, everyone around you will love it as well. Don't put it down, put it away. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know, I know it seems like a very little thing, but it is one of the things that I think, not just potters, but like people in general should get into the habit of doing, especially in a communal space, especially yeah. in a communal space. Yeah, yeah. Kind of on a, on a similar note, this has to do with throwing. So I guess this is a little bit more of like a practical one and yeah. it's just, just short, but another thing to help with muscle memory is not only putting your tools in the same place every time, yeah. but practice 
throwing with the same motions every time. Yeah. When I'm throwing a cup, I pretty much always raise the walls like three times. Yes, I don't the throw three pull rule. The three pull, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And it can be four, it can be five, you know, however many it is, but repeating the same movements will help again, that's, I guess this is again more of a consistency thing, but yeah. it's more of a best practice. So if you wanna try and make a similar shape as you did to a previous one, if you use the same hand movements, it kind of gets a little easier. So that's kind of a short one, but that's another thing that's been. Right, and, and you might be asking like, what, why does that matter? It really helps with the thickness of your clay. It really helps mm. with how clay, how thick your clay is. Oh, do you mean the three pull, the three pull rule? Well, or... just just having a consistent pull method and the three mm. pull rule in general. Ah, yes, so, yes. So, because there's, I know about six, maybe five or six different ways to pull my clay, mm -hmm. and I use them differently based on the situation. They're very situational pulling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like Hishing likes to pull like this, where he like has, and then he does one of these. His hand oh. upside down. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I wish I wish y'all could see this. <laughs> you can't see it. I'm like, oh, Dante, this is sadly not a YouTube video, but oh, yeah, no, but I, 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 well, eventually we will have these as a YouTube and channel. I'm so. gonna keep going to <laughs> just do it. And then I was taught to, to like put my finger here and pull like this with my two fingers. Okay. And then there's also the knuckle pull. Stop. <laughs> Stop it, Dante. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I hear you though. There's, there's, yeah. there's, there's a bunch of different ways to pull. But. Right, and every single way of pulling has a different kind of reason behind your pulling that way. I've gotten proficient enough at this point to where if I'm making a bowl or if I'm making a mug, mm -hmm. I don't really pull anymore, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. What I do is I center, I open up the well, I get all my fingers and then I just do one of these. Okay. You ever see people so do that? So pulling. So for our for our poor listeners <laughs> the right now. Spider poo. It's the spider. So basically Dante is like T Rex in it right now. I am T Rex. And he's in using it. his little. He's using his index and his middle finger on both hands yeah. to pull up. But right. But the point. What you're is kind the, of pulling the, with one hand. Yes. but You're doing it with both both hands. Okay. And the and the and the, and the point of these different demonstrations. <laughs> What's the point, Dante? <laughs> the the point of these different demonstrations is that at this point I don't really have to spend time with my three pool roll anymore. If I'm making a mug or a cup or a bowl, I now just kind of center and even out my clay and then form my stuff. Mm -hmm. I save a ridiculous amount of time because I only use the amount of energy, amount of pulls, and amount of time and have movements that is required to make said item. Yeah. Because I'm so practiced with pulling a very specific way. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying don't try other ways of pulling, but what I am saying is if you're gonna start pulling as a beginner especially, just kind of stick to one and kind of get good at it and be consistent with it so you can learn what it's good for before you do another one. Another thing that I recommend doing, and this kind of has to do with a little bit of like the Pinterest thing where it's like saving your ideas. So in addition to saving your sources of inspiration on something like Pinterest, I recommend having a list, preferably just on one page yeah. of ideas that you want to explore. She says. <laughs> I know, I say this because usually what ends up happening is, so I keep everything in like my bullet journal, right? Um, except for like my sketchbook. So usually what will happen is I will randomly write down my ideas for things yeah. on a random random page in my book right. and then go back later and consolidate it to the one page. And the reason that I do this is again, like if you're wanting to start on a new project, but you're like, oh, okay, I got a blank canvas and I don't right. know what to do. Having a list of ideas that you already know kind of sparked some lightning or kind of like, oh, like I should give this a try. Yeah. Having an easy list to go back to kind of deals with that process faster of being like, Okay, oh, I want to. I want to try something new. I just don't know what it is. I just don't know what. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. But that way, you don't have to go through the process again of being like, "What do I want to make?" Hmm. 
I do want to address one little thing, and this kind of rides off of Lindsay's yes, yes, yes. thing, is that I do think that a good practice for everyone to have is to have a notebook where they draw down their ideas. It doesn't yes. have to be pretty. I went through a stage where I was like, I'm ass at drawing, so I'm not going to draw anything. Mm. The gods only put, like, all my skill points into physical labor <laughs> and crafting. <laughs> I can't, I'm not really drawing, but draw them down so that you can have something to go back to later. I would also like to address the fact that don't feel bad trying other people's styles. Yeah. No one owns an art style. Nobody has a thing where they're like, that's mine, I did it first. You know what I mean? If they, if they do, they well, suck. Well, I mean, there I is do, copyright a, a little bit. I was going to say there's yeah. copyright and there's also, like, because I think... Um, I mean more techniques, not so much. Like, don't draw Mario and then be like, he's mine. Oh, yeah, 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 of course not. You know? But I mean, for, for certain things, I feel like for certain very specific styles, yeah. it is at least good form to give that person a shout out. Yes. Like the, I don't know, like the first person who did like the bubble technique, right? I mean, of course it's so ubiquitous now that it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. But if you, if, if for the first person who did the bubble technique, if that was still a really new thing, and then like if I was a beginning ceramic artist and like gave that a try and posted about it, I would yeah. probably be like, oh yeah, I just tried this new bubble technique from, this. from such and such artist. Right. So I agree with what you're saying in terms of try other people's styles because yes. that's that's it's such a great way to learn is actually by trying to like mimic what somebody else did because yes. you learn you learn so much from that oh yeah but also don't claim don't claim yeah. and there's never any harm in giving someone a shout out true yeah. people always appreciate that like and you I, make friends hell yeah hell yeah you do i'm friends with pottery danielle now you don't even know who she is i think right? i do yeah, yeah yeah she's on tiktok and my mom wouldn't shut up about her oh so I was, she was like go talk to her and i was like i can't just walk up to potters and talk to them and they're immediately my friend she goes can't you though and I was like, oh, fuck, I think I can. Yeah, I mean, you can at least, you know, introduce yourself. Be like, yeah. Hey, I'm Dante. Yeah, she's super cool. That's awesome. Um, But yeah, I think she addressed that on one of her TikToks. She's like, nobody owns a technique. Like, we're just, some people are really good at it. I only say this because what often happens with me is I see somebody do something really extravagant or difficult or mm -hmm. I see a technique that I really want to test myself with. And very, very often, my style or my technique that I tried from their technique turns out way different. Oh, way different. Yeah, yeah. I can try and make a mug exactly like yours, and even though I might have the skill to do it, if I put my own little twist on it, or even if I try without thinking about it, it usually turns out way different anyway. Yeah, yeah. I've done it like three times, where I'm like, I'm gonna try to do one of those mugs, and I try it, and I'm like, this doesn't look anything like what they had, <laughs> but I like it a lot. Yeah, And so yeah. they served as a source of inspiration. Yeah, and also, save that original image to your Pinterest board or to your- So Lindsay can stalk it. So that, no, <laughs> no, no, just for yourself. Cause again, it's like, comes back to like, save the things that inspire you. So if you see a technique that you want to try and, and, and duplicate or a style you want to duplicate, you know, save it, save it to that Pinterest board, save it to your, you know, Instagram collection, save it to your computer. That's another thing, another like best practice thing yeah. is make sure you keep track of your art photos. And Absolutely. especially if you're beginning because Date like, yeah, yeah. And, and your phone, your phone keeps track of that too. So it's like, especially if you're beginning, like there are so many photos of my really earliest work that I just don't have that I wish that I did oh, because well. you may think like, oh, I'm never going to use this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But you know, you never know. Like it may end up being something that, you know, you'd like to have. Some like artsy photos, some like with a white background, but just take pictures of your work. And yeah. again, especially now because video is such a, a popular sort of way to present online, yeah. you know, record yourself doing things. And 
I might recommend starting a social media profile for your ceramics earlier than later. Yeah. Even if you're not sure you're gonna do anything with it, you're gonna do it on a professional level. If you start it early and start posting consistently, and this may not be the case for everybody, but yeah. you know, by the time you realize that you maybe wanna take this to a different level or right. just do it more, you already have the groundwork laid for when you wanna start taking it more seriously. There's no harm There's in, no, yeah. in sharing your early stuff, especially because people love to see your progress. Oh, so yes. someone who's been following you from the beginning, who saw your like lumpy little like first time mugs, by the time you're making like baller steins and you know vases and you know bottle forms, you know, they're gonna be like, I saw this person when they were at the very beginning. Do your OG followers yeah. are ride or die. Like I have like five really loyal followers who are like, I went to the first fanime you ever sold at. Yeah. And I've been following you since then. You gained a lot of weight. No, they don't say that. But no, they're just like, I still have one of your original like curvy avatar tumblers that you made like five years ago. Yep. And yep. I'm like, well, I stopped making those. And they're like, I know. <laughs> I have the whole collection. I'm like, damn. Your fan base is really important, especially those people yeah. who are like sharing and liking all your content. They're, they're there for it. Yeah. Start those things that are relatively low effort. It doesn't take that much effort to like post a couple photos on Instagram or TikTok, you know, for videos. Right. You know, start those things now so that by the time you you start gaining more skill, you start wanting to do more, you have that groundwork, whether that's for yeah. your creativity, for your inspiration, for projects that you want to do, for your social media profile, for your cleanliness on the wheel, you know, whatever, whatever it is. That's my that's my TED talk. It does <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love when Lindsay goes on rants because at the end of them, she's always like, I don't know how to end this, so fuck it. <laughs> that's what, that's what. Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. I, I would also say, uh, um, to piggyback on that, yeah. that it doesn't even have to be in the interest of followers. Just to have a place to catalog your previous work mm. is such a benefit to you, regardless of what people think about your work. That is such a good point, yeah. Like, I just want to get across the point that, like, I know a lot of people have insecurities about their work. It's not even about other people looking at your work. It's just for you. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't it doesn't have to be about the social perception of you and your work. It's all about you. It's your work. Yeah. That's a really that's a really good point. If you didn't want to share your work publicly but you still wanted to have like an Instagram or something, yeah. you could just like set your profile on private. Yep. And then that way if you ever did want to share it more, you could let it go one you day. could yeah, you could it make it Public. Up, up so. to you. Yeah. Absolutely up to you. It's your choice. Yep. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>